Hey everybody, welcome to episode 21 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and I've got another great guest for us this week. He's a good buddy of mine, somebody that I met when I was younger, and um, we grew up for a few years together when I was living in Atlanta. Um, stayed in touch over the years. His name is Knox Martin. Uh, he's currently living in Dallas, Texas. Uh, he's a Class A PGA professional, currently working on the apparel side of the golf industry, uh, but he was a really strong player, uh, was a good young player. He won the 2003 state championship in uh, Georgia. He went on to take his talents to the University of West Georgia, where he played there for four years, um, and then furthered his career in the golf industry as a assistant pro, as a head professional, uh, before he made a jump into the apparel side of the business, like I said. So uh, we haven't seen each other for several years, but we keep in touch and uh, had a lot of fun catching up with Knox in this episode. Um, he's got a lot of really good advice for young players and for parents and just that whole dynamic. Uh, so we just talk about some of our memories. We talk about um, you know some lessons that we've learned along the way and some of the experiences that we've shared together. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. So I appreciate you tuning in. Would love to hear what you think about the episode um, and about the podcast in general. You know, go leave us a review. Pause the episode right now. Go leave a review. Good, bad, indifferent. Uh, I just want honest feedback and uh, would love for you guys to engage with us on social media when these episodes get posted and get out there. So love to hear from you. Would love to interact with you. Uh, just want to continue to make this thing better for you. But thanks for tuning in for this week's episode. You guys sit tight. I'll be right back with my good friend, Knox Martin. All right, guys, welcome back to episode 21 of Junior Golf Keys. Um, this is going to be a fun episode for me. Uh, one that we tried to get done during the Christmas week um, and just had some recording challenges. So I didn't put anything out that week, but I'm super excited to uh, have my friend Knox Martin back on uh, to talk to you guys um, just about his journey in golf. Uh, Knox and I met when we were younger um, in middle school and we've had a good relationship, you know, uh, really, you know, I was kind of thinking back to it and Knox, I got you on the phone. I think you're there still, right? Yep. I'm here. Um, I was kind of thinking back, you know, just to our relationship and I think it's pretty unique and it speaks volumes to just, you know, the game of golf, obviously there's other components to our relationship outside of golf itself, but that was a big thing that we found in common. And, um, you know, we really only spent like four years around each other, you know, um, like in a day to day, like going to school with each other, hanging out in the summers and stuff like that, you know, cause we met in middle school, um, Taylor road, middle school. And, um, really I, I moved back to Ohio after our freshman year of high school. Um, and so we spent four years, you know, around each other, but you know, we've remained in contact and good friends over that time. Yeah, that's right. And it's crazy what the game of golf can do. And uh, when people say it is a, a lifetime sport that you can play, it's, um, it truly is. And uh, once you find buddies that also play the game, you have a true connection. Yeah, for sure. And it's neat to kind of watch each other, you know, just as our journeys have unfolded and work in different parts of the golf industry and stuff like that. Um, I kind of wanted just to jump in and if you would kind of share a little bit about, you know, when we tried to record before you had talked a little bit about how you got introduced to the game. Um, we kind of joked around a little bit about both of us, you know, playing football in middle school and getting pounded, you know, for a couple of years there, because we were both, you know, pretty small dudes compared to everybody out there. Uh, but can you can just kind of just talk about like how you got started and introduced to the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, kind of to just mention what you were saying is, you know, we really started playing golf when it still wasn't cool to play golf. Um, it was kind of right before Tiger was really getting going, maybe kind of right there, maybe when he won the 97 Masters, but not many kids were playing it. So um, I know you were a little bit different just with your dad being such an accomplished golfer, so you grew up around it, but yeah. I never really did. And um, I mean, we played all the other sports and um, – 
I think, yeah, we were maybe sixth, seventh grade playing football together. And like you mentioned, we were the small guys. And um, I think we just realized that when we got out onto the golf course, we just had so much more fun. And, um, God, there's no telling how many times we played and how many rounds we played and just beat balls all day. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got started in it. You know, I dabbled and I was lucky enough where the first time I picked up a club, I was athletic enough and had some pretty good success right away. And because of that, um, I stuck with it. And I guess now here I am today, still playing it 20 years later. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's one of those games. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, we weren't, you know, the biggest guys. And for golf, I mean, you don't have to be the biggest or the strongest or the fastest. You know, it's one of those games that, to your point, if you get started and you enjoy it, you can play it for a really long time. Um, so that's, I think that's a big piece of it that makes it fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at Justin Thomas this past weekend out in Hawaii. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's our size, 5'10", 160 maybe, soaking wet. And Yep. I mean, he hits at 330, and he's blowing it past half the guys out there. So um, one of those sports that no matter what size you are, um, you can compete no matter what. Yeah, for sure. Um, we played a lot. We played – let's see. We played some different tournaments here and there. I'm trying to remember. I was – I couldn't recall the – what was the name of that little junior series in Atlanta that we played where you kind of got to pick a couple different – like, I don't know, five or six tournaments throughout the summer or something like that that we traveled to? Yeah, that was the uh, Atlanta Junior Golf Association. So, okay. obviously, a little bit different from the American Junior Golf Association, which is nationwide, but um, golf in Atlanta, you know, just obviously with a huge sprawling city was very deep and very competitive. So, um, I mean, that was one of probably four or five different type of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? uh tournament series that you could that you could participate in so yeah um yeah but it was a blast but uh, i remember we would pick the same courses yeah and you know, our parents would you know take us there and watch us and yep yep uh then we remember going out to like university of georgia and playing that course and um like down to cuscoella or out to cuscoella i guess what is that just east of atlanta yeah um out there at lake oconee um some good different courses around there, but we also played, you know, a lot of local courses in our, you know, Alpharetta, what turned into Johns Creek area, just North of Atlanta. Um, you know, you played out of Atlanta athletic club, which is an awesome course and uh, gave me the opportunity to go out there and play and practice some, I think it was like Thursdays. I could go play out there for like 15 bucks or something like that. They had that junior day or whatever it was. Yep. That's right. And, for anyone listening, I mean, the Atlanta Athletic Club, that's where David Toms won the PGA Championship in 2001. And then Keegan Bradley won it there in 2011. So, yep. um, great facility, 36 holes, a short par three, yeah. uh, nine-hole course that <laughs> we tore up. Probably oh, played yeah. that 100 times. and For sure. Tell your, uh, tell your story about – I'm going to see if this is, if this is accurate – about your favorite experience on that par three course. Yeah. So this was, I'd probably been playing about a year and a half, maybe two years. And me and one of my other buddies were out on the um, course and we're on the eighth hole, which was the second to last hole. And it was about 130 yards and I'm hitting about a, I think an eight iron at this time. So um, I get up there and I don't skull it, but I definitely don't hit it flush. And it um one hops into this hill just short of the green and somehow finds the bottom of the hole <laughs> <laughs> and me and my buddy that I was with if you remember the scene in Happy Gilmore where Happy and his caddy are jumping up and down going crazy oh, after yeah. one of the <laughs> so uh we did that and we obviously have our huge bags and we're running up to the green and all of our clubs are falling out <laughs> i see a ball in the bottom of the hole and um I'm like, oh, my God, we got to go in and tell the pro shop. I just made a hole in one, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, well, we have one more hole to go, so we got to finish. So um, we run right over to the ninth hole, and um, I drop the ball, don't even tee it up. And this is a 75-yard hole or whatever, and um, just put a quick swing on it. And sure enough, I flushed it right into the cup. So um, That is so crazy. <laughs> yeah, back-to-back hole-in-ones. And, uh, <laughs> um 
Yeah, just um, I've seen a stat one time. I think it's one in like a couple billion or something that that can be done. Oh, (laughs) I'm sure. I mean, just to have one, but to go back to back is like ridiculous. I remember when you told me that I was just uh, it was unbelievable. Mm hmm. It really is my claim to fame in the golf world. And <laughs> no <laughs> matter what else a... is accomplished, uh, I had back-to-back hole-in-ones on the par three course. Yeah, and I've never had a hole-in-one on the on a real eighteen uh, hole course, and it you still haunts it. me. Okay. Nope, it still haunts me to this day. Every time I step up on a par three, I'm thinking, "All right, is this the time?" And yeah, um, sure enough, it hasn't happened. Yeah, so. I haven't either. I'm still chasing mine. Um, really. Yeah, I haven't. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, I've knocked a lot of balls in from the fairway. Um, you know, 100 yards, 80 yards. I've knocked one in from 150 one time. I remember playing with my dad and a buddy from college. Um, but I've never knocked one in on a par three from the tee box. <laughs> it's um, it's one of those things. I think there's actually a bunch of guys on tour that haven't had one as well. And it's just, yeah. it's one of those things. I know, I know. And then you've got guys like my dad has like five. <laughs> and you know you've got other guys i think you mentioned justin thomas i think he's got an absurd amount like something like 12 or something like that i don't know what it is yeah i think that's that's right yeah so um fun times that's pretty cool the other course that we played a lot was the hooch i don't know if you uh remember that i'm sure you do mm-hmm. but the hooch was uh, for anybody listening it was a good course for us to play as young players because um, it was an executive course meaning uh, I don't believe there was any par fives, so it was all par fours and par threes. Um, and it was just a fun course to go out and knock it around and learn how to score. It was pretty cheap. We went out there and played, I don't know, as many holes as we could get in in a day some days. Um, so we had a lot of fun out at that course. And um, any stories you remember from out there? I've got one uh, yeah, well, that vividly you, sticks out to me. You, you, I mean, you go for it first, and then I'll, I'll speak on it. Well, I don't know if you remember this or not, and uh, this isn't something that I would probably condone for other people out there that are listening, but it's just kind of a funny memory uh, for me that happened out there when uh, you decided to tee it up, and I think we were in a little bit of a delay, so we were kind of just sitting around on the tee box getting bored, and you know, young boys get ornery when they get bored, so um, you decided you are going to take some target practice uh from the tee box and i don't do you know where i'm going with this no i don't but i don't you like don't. it <laughs> <laughs> so i don't remember what hole it was it might have been 10 i think we might have made the turn and they had just started because the course itself i think was fairly new maybe just a couple years old when we were playing it um and so around it they were still doing some construction and stuff like that and they started building houses down the right-hand side of this hole and you stood up and you said you know what like I'm tired of waiting for these guys I don't remember exactly what you said but I'm, I just want to hit a ball and you said I'm calling my shot and I'm going to take out the second story window of that house <laughs> and I was like oh okay like whatever this windows I don't know how far we were hitting it at that point maybe a couple hundred yards but uh, you teed it up and you laced one right at this house. And so we both kind of like froze like, oh, man, this is really going to hit this house. And sure enough, it went right through the second story window. And so had big break been a thing back in the day, I think maybe you would have won on that shot alone. <laughs> oh, um, Do you remember I don't, that? Um, no, I don't. And actually, I'm glad I don't. But <laughs> um, to all the listeners out there, I apologize for that. <laughs> no. I guess that's boy, boys being boys. And yeah, you know, for sure. um, I guess my parents aren't going to be allowed to listen to this podcast now. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I bring it up because it's a fun story. I mean, we all do dumb stuff, right? Nobody was... Nobody was harmed in the making of this video, um, but, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, it's just something funny that stood out to me uh, while we were playing out there. But we had a lot of good memories out there, too, and I don't know if there's anything that, that you want to share just about that course or just, you know, playing golf together. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, just kind of going back to the, the junior days of with it being a short executive course, I think that's really where we kind of got to practice our short game, which I don't know about you, but my short game is still probably my best part of my game and I don't know if it's because I miss you know more greens than the 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 better player but I feel confident of getting up and down from basically anywhere around the green and 
um, out there, you know, we had anywhere from 40 yards to 60 yards, you know, just hitting tons of little lob wedges in there and yeah. just really getting an imagination for the, for your game and being able to work the ball just off of slopes and things like that. Just that really helps. So, yeah, for uh, sure. Um, yeah, I definitely, you know, one story that stands out, we've talked maybe a little bit about this before and I had my dad on, um, a few weeks ago. Well, actually it was Thanksgiving. So, you know, a little over a month ago, um, we were talking about an experience that you and I had together with him where he took us out one day and, um, I think they pulled us out of school and he just gave us kind of a full day of, Hey, you guys want to know what it takes, uh, to make it. Um, I'm going to kind of put you through what a day in the life looks like. Um, cause he had had some success, you know, he played at university of Mississippi, Ole Miss, um, was successful there. And then, you know, went on to be a teaching pro for just one year afterwards, but played a lot of amateur tournaments throughout his business career and life. And, um, so that was, that was a fun moment for me. Um, but what I will say is, uh, it's, it's not something I like to admit, but I pushed back a lot on some of his teachings, uh, when I was younger. And so my short game wasn't as developed as I would have liked to it to have been. Uh, but it's something I'm super focused on right now. So, I mean, I have some golf goals for this year and one of the big things that's going to cut some strokes off for me is, um, just continuing to work on the short game. So it's, it's a super important piece of the game. And I don't know what else you want to weigh in on that, but, or about that experience at all. Um, but that's kind of where, you know, my head goes when we start talking about short game. So all those lessons that I took from my dad and, you know, back in the day, um, are resurfacing because he knew what he was talking about and he, and he knows what he's talking about. Uh, but it just took me a little while to, latch on and honestly if i'm just being you know 100 percent transparent yeah and you know i think it's easy it was a lot easier for me because it wasn't my dad um so as we yeah. all know taking advice from your own father sometimes you want to rebel and things like that so mm-hmm. um i mean i still remember that day clear as day uh with your dad taking us out there he we had about i think it was a, probably an eight hour uh day he had it broken down into different segments and of that eight hours, I would say maybe an hour and a half of it was full swing, um, maybe two hours. The rest was short game, putting bunkers. And to this day, I still think about that day. And um, I think that really was kind of the, the base of me saying, okay, if I want to play competitively, then this is what I have to do. And, um, I mean, I, I know we'll probably get into it, but I ended up playing competitive high school and then competitive college. And then um, I'm a PGA member. Uh, so I play section events, but nowhere near like tour events. Um, and I really do owe so much of it to your dad because I remember the blisters that we had at the end of the day, <laughs> the work. It was just, um, yeah, but it was fun. You know, it was, although it was work, we, we saw immediate improvement and, um, I guess really to your listeners, it's what it is. It's making it fun. It's, um, just not making it work all the time. Yeah. 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 I've had several, you know, high level college coaches on and a couple of high level junior players, um, some college players, professional players as well. And it's always such a consistent story around this topic, um, where, you know, so much time is poured into that, you know, if you've got the facilities to work on it, 120 yards and in, um, but for sure, just around the greens and on the greens, um, chipping, putting, making it fun, coming up with little games to play with each other's or, or a buddy, you know, while you're out there. Um, I was out practicing my short game last weekend and, you know, it was just kind of a playing a little two ball game against myself. Like, you know, the number three ball against the number two ball, just an up and down game. Um, if you don't have somebody to, to play with or practice with, um, you know, kind of a unique way that I kind of improvised to give myself some competition. But um, anything like that, like any drills or any like, you know, things that you do or have done over the years to make it fun, make the practice fun? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, what I would always do is, you know, 
no matter what facility I'm at or, you know, in my backyard or anything like that, but I always give myself challenging spots. So I would always go to the short game facility and find the hardest up and down or find a buried lie in a bunker or, you know, that uphill or downhill or whatever, just shots that you don't see um, the tour players hit every day, you know, cause they're always right in the middle of the fairway and this and that, but just always trying to put yourself, you know, behind a tree or something like that and just figuring out a way, what is my best option? And, oh. you know, I think it, it really is just having the club in your hand and just kind of feeling it and working the shot. Just I th- in my case, I think that is the reason why I am so comfortable around the greens because I feel like I can get up and down from everywhere. Yeah. So what does that do to you? Like when you're out on the course, even if you're just playing a regular round or if you're playing in competition, like what does that do to you from a a pressure standpoint or just a confidence standpoint? Like when you have to execute a shot like that out on the course? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely gives you a little bit more confidence from the fairway um, with your iron is knowing that if I do miss this green, uh, my short game is solid enough where you know, I feel like I can get it up and down from anywhere. So I think that lets me be a little bit more aggressive, although I don't want to say that I'm getting old, but I, everyone is. And sure. uh, I feel like I am trying to play the game in a much smarter way where uh, middle of the greens is, is fine. You know, you don't have to attack every pin, but right. with also on the other side that when you do feel like you want to get a little bit more aggressive and um, you short side yourself in the bunker, then, you know, you're not going to stress about being able to get this thing up and down because the practice that you've done hundreds of thousands of times uh, will pay off. And more likely than not, you get it up there within five feet and yeah, make the putt. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So it's a yeah, that's a, a big separator. The short game is. And I talk about that a lot on here just with different people that have played at a high level and had some good success. Um, it always stems back to the short game. So definitely something to continue to work on if you're a young player listening or if you're a parent listening that, you know, or just, you're just looking for ways to help your kid improve and how to, you know, encourage them to work on developing a well-rounded game. Um, you know, you can't spend enough time around the greens and developing your touch and uh, working on your craft there. So um, let's talk about your, your junior and high school career. So you won the state championship, I think it was 2003. Was that your junior year? Yep. 2003. Okay. Yep. Yep. I still, uh, I still remember that. It's funny. I'm actually, I'm sitting in my office right now at home and I've got up on my wall, a little, I don't even know what you call it. Coat hanger, hat rack. I've got some hats hanging on it. It's a plank of wood with some club heads on it and some grips on the sides and something that a, a, a friend of mine in high school or dad made, uh, for us. And I don't remember, uh, or I don't know if you remember, you, I'm, sure, I'm sure you probably still have it. I sent you one that had some, I think it had Knox Martin state champ or something like that on it. Oh yeah. Yep. It's, uh, actually hanging up in my dad's mountain cabin and Is it? look at it every time I go up there and brings yeah. me back to that day. Yeah. yeah. So that, I mean, great gift. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty awesome that you did that. I mean, uh, you know, you talk about, where junior golf is where the, the strength areas in junior golf are geographically. And you got uh, a lot of people talk about Florida, Texas, Arizona, California, but Georgia has some really strong players too. Um, And I think that's a huge accomplishment. I mean, can you kind of talk about what it's like and what goes into winning and and being a state champion? Sure. Yeah. So um, at that time at our state championship, there was Chris Kirk, uh, Roberto Castro and Brian Harmon, who were the three yep. uh, big guys in the state of Georgia. And um, on that one day, um, it was 36 <laughs> holes down in Jekyll Island, Georgia. And uh, 36 holes, like I said, where we were walking it. So, and it was, I want to say, 100 degrees. So, yeah. Um, but we had a really good team. And um, it was actually the lowest career round at that point in tournament golf that I had ever shot. And I think I shot 67 the first round. Okay. And um, I think I had a two or three shot lead over Chris Kirk at that point and uh, went out that afternoon and 
uh, I think I shot 70 or 71 in the afternoon and ended up winning by, a, I don't know, three or four. Okay. And yeah, I mean, although I did win it individually, uh, that was great and everything, but just getting the team championship on top of that was just yeah. what, what we really strived for. So we were at a different high school and a new one opened up and going into my junior year and about half my golf team decided to go over there and half of us decided that we wanted to stay. But our golf coach at the time convinced us all to go to the new court or to the new school. That's right. I forgot you transferred. Yep. So it was, (laughs) it was almost like a recruiting battle to get half the guys (laughs) to stay or have to go. And um, obviously it worked out for the better that we all went to the new one and we still all remain buddies to this point and stay in touch. And, um, Getting the high school state championship ring is, you know, it's it was my pinnacle at the time, and you know, it was it was everything that a sixteen or seventeen year old kid that practiced for the last five years nonstop uh, dreamed of. So yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, when I talk to you know, you know, I spent some time in the academy world, and you know, I think there's a a big sort of underlying debate out there between ranked golf, meaning, you know, AJGA golf week, um, you know, some of the invitationals that are out there, the big tournaments that um, seemingly have more eyes on them uh, for, from a recruiting perspective and stuff like that. And then there's, you know, the high school golf component, like what, what you're describing and, you know, something I played as well. Um, can you kind of talk about like, cause you did a little bit of both if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, what, what were the differences for you? I mean, did you enjoy both aspects of the high level rank golf and the, you know, the team golf? I mean, it sounds like you obviously had a, a great time with the, you know, team golf and the state championship and stuff like that. But I mean, what are the differences for you and kind of what did you get out of both of those experiences? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess I need to preface it with, I was never the one of the best players. Um, I mean, I probably, if I shot 74 to 77, I would be really happy. So um, kind of going back to that state title where I talked about career in it and sure. you know, if, um, that I'm not that type of player every single round. So um, I think that is why I enjoyed the team aspect so much more of it. Um, being able to come in after the round and talking with your other teammates, seeing what they shot, seeing where we stood against the other teams was, was the highlight. And you don't really see that in the game of golf, especially today on tour and everything like that. But, you know, with the college game, everyone's always talking about the individual champ and and the team gets a little bit, but I think that's, I think the team aspect is so special where, golf is so individually driven, but being able to come in and talk about it with your teammates just goes, um, gets, you know, makes that bond with everyone. So, uh, that to long story short, um, uh, that was my favorite part of it. But yeah. then again, I did enjoy the, um, tournament aspect of the, the American junior golf or Atlanta junior golf. And, um, just kind of gotten to test your game against the other best and just kind of being able to see where you stood and, um, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more, but you know, it, I don't know how it is today, but if you would shoot anywhere from around 74 to 77, you would get some looks from some colleges, especially if you were consistent and yeah. they weren't going to be your, uh, Oklahoma States or Georgia's or Georgia techs or anything like that. But there's yeah. so many schools out there that, um, that are looking for the scores that I would put up. And yeah, so for I sure. think I mean, both are very important. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's, oh, for, I don't have the exact number, but I want to say there's a roughly 1,200 schools out there around the country that, you know, have golf programs and they're obviously at varying levels. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of opportunity out there. And, you know, I, <laughs> I see a lot of kids, you know, the ones that are going to, Stanford and Alabama and, you know, some of the kids that I've talked to and I've been around that are going to play at some big name, high ranked schools, you know, they're going deep out there. I, one kid I had on who finished second in the junior PGA this year, uh, Cannon Claycomb, 
He was 21 under for the tournament and finished second this year for the junior PGA. <laughs> Shot 62 the first day. So, um, you know, there's definitely that element, but I think there's a ton of opportunity if you're somebody that's shooting, you know, in the mid seventies, you know, 74 to 76 or 77. Um, there's still a lot of great opportunities that are out there. Um, and I like the team aspect too. I mean, you know, I, I played a little bit of both. Um, I played my high school golf in Ohio because right after our freshman year of high school, I moved back to Ohio. Uh, my dad got transferred back there and that's when you transferred schools down to Georgia. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, little memories that stick out. I remember one year, I think it was my junior year. Uh, we were just playing a nine hole match, you know, at our home course against the, what would become the state champs that year, uh, Copley high school. And, you know, I was paired up against their number one and we were kind of battling it out. We were in the last group and, um, he shot 36 and I shot 35. Uh, so I felt good about that in my head and it felt even better when, you know, I walked off the course and my teammates, like you said, were like, Hey, you know, what'd you, would you shoot? Did you beat Ryan Gutowski? And I said, yeah, I did. I, you know, I shot 35, he shot 36. And they said, we just won one by one shot. So, <laughs> He went on to be in the state champ that year, and uh, they ended up winning it as a team that year. But just those cool little memories like that, you can kind of think back on, you know, little accomplishments. It's it's fun to kind of relive those a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. And one kind of last thing I'll put on that team aspect is, I mean, I probably played anywhere from one to four on our high school team. And in high school, at least at that time, you would take six scores and um, it really didn't matter where I played, you know, we, we were so solid. And if you're a junior out there and you're playing number two to three or four, whatever it is on your high school team, um, don't really worry about where your coach puts you out there or anything like that. Just know that if you go out there and play your game, that's really all that matters. And a score is a score and a college coach doesn't care what number you're playing at. He's looking at the, the score on the scoreboard. Yeah, you know what's funny about that? Like, it's funny that you say that because as I'm thinking back, I remember we talked our high school coach into not every time, but um, he would let us almost pick where we wanted to play. So it wasn't like, you know, I might have been the number one golfer and I wasn't every year that I played high school golf. I was for my last two years, but I came in in my sophomore year, the first year I played up there in Ohio, and I was, I think, the number maybe number three or number four. And, um, but my junior and senior year where I kind of took a little bit of a leadership role on the team, um, we started just kind of talking about team chemistry and like who plays well together and different stuff like that. So, I mean, to your point, there were weeks that I played four man and played with the number one guy who maybe was the fifth best player on the team. Like just, we kind of mixed things up just to keep it fun and play, you know, with different people and kind of throw the other team off their game a little bit too, because they're expecting, you know, everybody's going to be lined up in, you know, ranking order in terms of, you know, what their scoring averages are and stuff like that. And people pay attention to that on other teams. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That was just kind of an interesting piece that when you brought that up and made me think of that a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, it's all about just being comfortable out there. Like you mentioned, just having a good pairing with one of your buddies or, yep. um, or playing with one of the competitors who, who you knew from other tournaments where, you know, just kind of the small things. So you just kind of, you don't always have to play the number one or number two, just wherever you're comfortable that, uh, that you can produce your best score. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's just talk a little bit about, um, what was your college experience like at West Georgia? Yeah. So, in golf. Um, yeah, it was, um, we were a D2 school. Uh, when I was getting recruited there, uh, it was the first year that the team um, was starting back up after, a, I don't know, maybe a 20-year lapse. So uh, one of my best friends on my high school team, we, he went there as well. So it was great because in the state of Georgia, um, we had this thing called Hope Scholarship, where um, if you kept a 3-0 and you went to a state school, then your tuition was paid for. So um, that was a big plus. And then on top of it, getting a scholarship was just basically extra cash flow for me. So, right. um, I mean, I probably got recruited to maybe five to 10 schools all around that D2 or NAIA, D3, smaller schools, no, 
no D ones at all, but yeah. Um, just the the difference in competition between high school and even D two college was astronomical. I mean, these kids on my team they were so good, yeah. um, shooting under par every round, and you know I was lucky. I usually played around the five or six spot most of the time, mm-hmm. um, but it is it became a job. Um, yeah, we had morning workouts at five a.m. three days a week, and then we'd go to class and. Um, every day after class, we'd, we'd be expected to be out of the course and playing nine holes or qualifying or practicing, whatever it was. And, um, as a 18 to 21 year old kid, you know, you still want to have some fun and that kind of doesn't really happen. And, or it, I mean, it does, but golf definitely, like I've mentioned and you've mentioned it, it becomes, it is a job and I mean, they yeah. are paying you to go there. So, sure. um, I mean, it was a blast. Um, I would highly recommend it to anyone who is out there kind of thinking about it. I know you were kind of on the border of playing college golf or going just to school to have fun. And yeah, um, if you are on that, if you are on that line, then try it out and see what you think. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look back on, on my decisions and experiments experience. It's something that I talked about with my dad um, when I had him on and it's actually something we had never really, discussed at length um so it was interesting to kind of just bring that up on here and just start talking about it but you know the whole point of the show is to help people that are going through you know some similar situations that 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 myself and the guests have been through and if we can share our experiences to kind of help them navigate their path you know that's what i started this thing for so you know i told the story on on my dad's uh episode and you know i'll just kind of highlight here but like yeah, I, I went on the recruiting trip with my dad. Um, you know, I wasn't heavily recruited at all. Um, I was a decent player and shot in the sixties a few times. Um, you know, hadn't won any major tournaments, um, you know, did the whole all league, all County, you know, those types of, um, accolades in high school, which was great. Um, but we kind of picked some schools. I wanted to move a little bit further South. We went to, um, a couple schools in Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky is where I ended up going to school. And, uh, you know, I was going to walk on the team there. I thought I had a pretty good shot of making it. And I just gave up on myself, honestly, after the first um, tryout, which it's kind of tough to admit, but it is the truth. And that's what happened. So um, I just decided at that point um, to quit and pack it in. Um, and I did have a fun college experience, experience. Um, you know, got a little off track a couple times and had to rein it back in with the help of my dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, that happens and that's just real life. Right. Um, so fortunately, I did pick a school that I liked being at. And so golf wasn't everything there. So I got into a good group and I joined a fraternity there and, you know, developed some really good relationships with uh, some of my best friends that I still have. Um, and that was my experience, but you know, I, I, I stepped away from it, you know, from a competitive perspective and, uh, but still stayed in touch with the game and, you know, uh, continue to play and practice and, you know, focus probably more now than ever and just continuing to get better. Um, cause it's one of my, one of my goals this year is to, uh, to do that. And I want to try to get into some competitive rounds in the amateur ranks. So, uh, that's what I'm working on. Yeah, and just kind of going off that, there's there's no right way to do it. Um, I mean, you could be the players like we were that were good but not great and go try out and or get a small offer or something like that. And I still remember we had one guy on our team who just loved the game. He was a complete walk-on. And the first year, he couldn't break 80. And the year after that, I remember just seeing him out at the range nonstop every single day and we came out for our, I guess it was probably his sophomore year, my junior year. And I was amazed with who he was. He was a different player. And he ended up playing number two for us pretty much the whole time and yeah. would break par every time. So you never know when you're going you're gonna to finally find your game and, um, and take it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. And people peak at different times too, right? I mean, some, Oh, yeah. I mean, you see some of the kids right now, 12, 13 years old, that are shooting the lights out. Um, but maybe they haven't moved back to that back tee box yet, or, you know, they move up to the next level and, you know, all of a sudden 
you know, they're not hitting it the furthest anymore and they don't have the sharpest, you know, short game around the greens and, you know, the competition starts catching up and the playing field starts getting leveled a little bit. Um, and people start peaking at different times. So, um, yeah, it's interesting how that plays out. Yep, for sure. You never know. You just got to keep at it. Yep, yep. Um, so in college, so so you graduate college. You played all four years? Correct. Yep. And then um, what did you do after that? You, you had aspirations of working in golf. Uh, what was that? What did that look like for you? Yeah, so I think like with many college kids, um, after – after you get done and you, you walk across the stage, you're like, what am I going to do? And I was no different. And I just realized that I woke up and think about golf every single day. And um, I was like, how can I make it in this world by being in the game of golf? And at the, at this point I was caddying at East Lake, which is where they have the tour championship. And um, I was continue, continuing doing that a few months after college, and I got, um, I got to do a loop for a director of golf out in Bend, Oregon. Um, he was on a trip in Atlanta, I think, going over to the Masters or something, and I got to talking with him, and he offered me a job to work for him. So <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I – picked up and drove across the country and lived out in Bend, Oregon. And as an assistant golf pro out there, not knowing anything. And, um, that was pretty at pronghorn. Much yep. At pronghorn. Yep. Um, to Nicholas and Faz or Nicholas and yeah, Fazio 36 hole facility, which was beautiful. And, um, I guess kind of where I'm going with this is the golf world, it's a sport where you can make a living out of it. And yeah. if you love the game and you want to continue to play, um, the PGA of America does a great job of allowing this where you really see the, the business and operation side of it. And um, like I said, you can make a great career out of it. Yeah. So did you enter the PGA of America's program at that point um, to, to start? Like, how is that structured? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there's probably around 15 universities out there that have PGM schools, which is basically the schooling where you go through the PGA to get get your membership. And it's a great way to get into the golf business. Um, I did not do that since I was at West Georgia and uh, they didn't offer that program. I, and I truly didn't even really know about it. Yeah. And so I did the self-study course and uh, while I was working, I worked through all my books. Uh, there's, I think, I think there's three levels still. Um, each take about a year to knock out and until you become a member. And then once you become a member, that's when you can really start getting the, the top jobs and, um, and things like that. So um, after Bend, Oregon, I moved back to Atlanta and worked at uh, Peachtree Golf Club for oh, yeah. a couple years yep. as an assistant pro. And obviously being there for a few years and making connections with all the other golf pros across the uh, Southeast and things like that. Um, got a job up at Charlotte country club as an assistant pro. Um, so I was in the assistant world for about four or five years. And um, then an opportunity arose where, um, I got to interview for the head pro job at Carolina Golf Club, which is in Charlotte as well, and was fortunate enough to get that job at the age of 27 or 28. So yep. I was a very young head pro running a club, and um, I mean, it, it was a blast. So, I mean, I can keep going, but I'm not sure if you have any questions. Yeah, I mean, I there. just like, what did you, what did you, um, you're not doing that anymore. And, and so like, I'm just kind of curious, like, what did you like and what did you dislike about that? And and I ask because, you know, there's a ton of people that are listening and to your point earlier, you know, making a career in golf is, and making money in the game outside of just playing on tour is a very real opportunity for some of these young people that are out there that are trying to figure out like, what do I want to do? Like, you know, they're going all in on their dream of chasing golf, but when then maybe inevitably a lot of them come to the realization that I'm not going to make it, 
um, on the PGA tour, which happens to a lot of people and they want to shift their focus. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity out there. So this is one of those opportunities in terms of uh, being at a country club and working as an assistant pro and a head pro. Um, so, yeah, I'm just curious, like what, what drew you to that? And then, you know, was it something that pushed you away for, from it or was it just something that attracted you to your new opportunity and what you're doing now? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say 99% of the people who um, go play college golf or love the game of golf don't make it on the PGA tour. And if they want to stay in the game, this is a great Avenue. Um, you just have to realize that you are going to start from the bottom where uh, you're going to be working 50, 60 plus hours a week, uh, vacations, or I mean, holidays, weekends, um, for very little money. And that's just part of it. But if you put in your time and you continue to climb and you grow, um, the possibilities really are endless. And, uh, it's a great way where you can continue to play in events because each PGA section has its own section tournaments. So you could probably play in 30 or 40 tournaments a year if you're lucky enough to be able to do that. But most of the tournaments take place on a Monday when uh, clubs are closed. Right. And really um, when people, when I would tell people that I was a head pro or an assistant pro, they thought I played golf all day and (laughs) (laughs) not the case at all. It was more, um, there really is a business behind it where, you learn uh, tournament operations, budgeting, um, finance. Um, so, and that was kind of probably my favorite part of the job is just the interaction with the members and okay. knowing that each member has his own desire and need. Um, if it goes from, you know, wanting to take lessons with you or, um, wanting to have the newest and greatest stuff in the pro shop, you know, that it's, it's really just creating those connections and, um, and just figuring out what each person wanted. So yeah, the golf, I mean, the golf business is great. Um, I wish I was still in it some days. Um, I, on that side of it, I am now a sales rep for a golf apparel company, summit golf brands. Yeah. So I'm still in the business. I get to go around all the clubs here. I live in Dallas, Texas now. So I drive to all the different golf courses and show them the latest and greatest, uh, newest apparel. So um, I get to stay in the game. I still get to, I still am a PGA member. So I can still play in tournaments and things like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, if you are wanting to stay in the business, it is, um, or stay in the game of golf, it's a great way to go. Just know that it is going to take some time and, um, it takes a a lot of time and patience for sure. Yeah. You kind of, like you said, got to go start at the bottom and, and work your way up through the ranks, right? Yep. That's right. And I mean, and one thing I forgot to mention is the teaching aspect where, I would, one of my favorite parts was getting to teach the juniors and doing the summer camps and things like that, where, um, you get juniors out there that are, you know, striving to be the next Tiger Woods and other guys that are out there just to have fun and, um, just kind of walking them through the whole process of, all right, if you're wanting to play high school golf or college golf and it just kind of takes you back and you can connect with them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what kinds of things did you do in those clinics i mean stuff that um would maybe help the the audience that's listening oh yeah well i mean first and foremost keep it fun um yeah always trying to come up with different games or taking them out to play nine holes and doing cross-country golf later in the afternoons when no one's out there where you know you tee off on the first tee but you're going to the third green or something like that just okay whatever you can do to keep it fun um you know, kids these days, they're technology based and this was a great way to get them out and get them exercise and, um, just have fun with them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, are, are you still very plugged into the junior game and what's going on? Like just in the junior golf world? Yeah. You know, I, I follow collegiate golf a lot. Um, yeah. I think golf channel is doing a great job of promoting not only men's, but women's golf. Um, yeah. Anytime a college tournament is on TV, uh, I'd highly recommend anyone to watch it because 
that's the future of our game. And those kids are just so good. And um, it's fun because they're not famous yet. So you still get to see them as being kids. And um, yeah, so I just, I just hope Golf Channel just continues to grow the not only collegiate, but would love to see uh, the high school golf on there as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, hopefully that's, that's something that could be coming down the pike in the future. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, let's see. Let's talk a little bit about um, – I know we're kind of getting to, to an hour mark and I want to be conscious of your time, but um, what advice would you have for parents out there? I guess uh, with the context of uh, you grew up, and I think you would agree, uh, parents maybe weren't plugged in specifically to like – their knowledge of the game of golf. Right. And you had some resources around you to help, um, you know, at the club and stuff like that. I know you worked with one of the pros out at the athletic club when you were out there. Um, what things did your parents do to encourage, uh, you in the game of golf? And, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing, are there any, is there anything that stands out that maybe, uh, are lessons that other parents can learn, um, of maybe something not to do? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it, I, I remember talking or listening to your dad's podcast and, you know, it doesn't matter if you are being able to be raised at a high end country club or you, or at a municipal course, it doesn't really matter. As long as your, your junior has the drive, he's, he or she is going to make it work. So that's really all that matters. Let, let the junior decide, keep it fun. I know I've mentioned that a million times, but once you start to see that your junior is developing and wanting to dive deeper into the game, I would suggest um, getting them lessons. I mean, it can be one a month, one every other month, uh, once a week, whatever that the junior wants, as long as you're just kind of seeing that they continue to drive and they're, they're passionate about the game. That that's truly all that matters. Um, I know some parents like to be really involved. Some people, some parents are just kind of, yep, here, we'll drop you off and we'll pick you up at six o'clock tonight. Go have fun kind of deal. Right. And I just remember seeing a bunch of my high school teammates and even college where their parents were just kind of all over them all the time. And it, it really burned the junior out. Um, If the parents were just kind of a little bit too pushy and, um, things like that. Fortunately, my parents, they were just like, go do it, have fun. Uh, yeah. They'll come and support and, and walk the course while, you know, while you're playing. But um, parents, I would just kind of say, you know, stay out of the way, um, be there for support. Um, that's really what your junior needs and wants. Um, I loved when my parents would come out there. Um, they would always walk way in front and stay out of the way and, <laughs> in my case, they would always search for balls in the woods. So, um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it really is. Keep it fun for them. Uh, yeah. don't pressure them. Right. And, uh, let them run with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. My parents always came out to my tournaments and my matches. Um, I don't really recall them ever following me around. Um, and I think that that's changed a lot. I mean, of course, when we grew up, there were there were always parents that were out on the golf course. But I feel like there are a lot more now. Um, and, you know, I think sometimes what that does for a player is, and I've, I actually saw it um, firsthand a couple of weeks ago. I was out. There was a local. And I just went out there and walked the course for a little while and watched some kids hit some shots and stuff like that. And couple times noticed like you know a kid misses a putt and he drops his head and looks immediately over um to see what mom and dad's reaction is and it was kind of sad to me a little bit um to see that because that told me that they were more worried about what mom or dad thought about them missing that putt than what they were going to do to execute the next shot or were they just having fun and, you know, could they shake that shot off? Um, I don't know, just some different emotions that I was kind of going through as I saw that. Sure. And yeah, uh, just kind of going off with what you're saying is if you see that 
if you're a parent um, where your junior's always looking over at you and he's or he or she is upset or something like that, maybe take a few tournaments and don't follow them and just kind of see what happens. And there's, you know, there you pl- these juniors playing enough tournaments where um, you don't have to go to every single one of them and just kind of keep track of it and say, all right, he played a little bit better when I wasn't watching or she played worse when I was and just sure. kind of um, make it a team aspect of, you know, some parents are better behind the scenes and meet them at the scoreboard at the end and, or some are better out there, you know, cheering them on. And it's really, you know, there's, again, no right or wrong way to do it, but just whatever helps your junior the most um, go that route. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think maybe even taking it like a little step further, I think you could, as a parent, um, I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but just almost even frame it up to the junior player and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm here to support you 100% in, in what you're doing. And, you know, uh, you know, some tournaments I've followed you or maybe I've followed you in every tournament. And, you know, let's maybe just play around with the chemistry and see what works best for you and your game because that's my main goal is to support you in a way that is going to make you the most successful on the course. And, you know, maybe you play better when I'm not out there or maybe you play better when I am out there. And why don't we just – you know, take a few tournaments and kind of test that a little bit and see what it does for you mentally and with your pressure and, you know, different stuff like that. I mean, would you agree that that type of open dialogue and communication could be beneficial for that relationship? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I just, I mean, you, you don't have to you do the same thing over and over. I think it's just having that, not even making it a parent child conversation, more making it a team based conversation of, I'm in your corner. You let me know what you want. I'll do it kind of deal. And um, yeah, I think that that would, that's a great starting point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. Well, I want to move towards wrapping up. Like I said, I want to be conscious of your time, but I, I mean, I appreciate you doing this with me. I know we had some challenges uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, I guess the new year flipped and we got our luck back. So uh, we were obviously able to get on here today and kind of chop it up a little bit i mean is there anything that maybe we didn't dive into that you wanted to talk about um in addition to what we've kind of already gone through no i mean i think we've basically covered everything it's just um i mean in recap just the game of golf you know keep it fun um in my lifetime um i've been able to keep it a part of my life every single day uh, I still love the game, um, try to play as much as I can and just know that there are so many different avenues to to go in the game of golf after your junior golf days are done. And if you want to continue to pursue the game, then the PGA of, PGA of America is a great place to start. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I want to I want to wrap it up, like I said. I'm going to try something a little bit new. I haven't done this yet, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, (laughs) I got some feedback. Well, one of the things that I'm continuously doing is, you know, I get a lot of emails from listeners, you know, parents. I've got some from players. I've got some from other, you know, like college coaches that are out there and just people that have been listening to the show, uh, friends of mine, um, stuff like that. And one of the pieces of feedback that I got um, was to try to give the audience – a little bit more um, insight into me. And so if you're somebody that doesn't really care about that, um, I'm sorry, but (laughs) what I'm going to try to do is uh, give people maybe just a little bit of uh, a nugget of information about myself. And I'm going to try it out and do it in a way of asking the guests um, to fire a question back at me to kind of wrap it up. And so obviously I didn't prepare anything for this. I didn't prepare you for this. Um, but this is kind of like off the top of your head as we wrap up. Um, what's something that maybe you don't know about me or that you're just kind of curious to learn about, um, you know, about me or maybe you don't care at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've got a great one. And especially now that, you know, we're both in our mid thirties and kind of looking back on it and, um, you and I getting to play a lot of golf when we were 12 to 13 or 14. And, um, now just knowing that your dad was such a great player, 
Um, how much pressure did you feel on yourself growing up with trying to meet his expectations? Hmm. Um, well, I know you listened to my dad's episode. Uh, that's a really good question. That's a deep one. Um, one of the things that my dad talked about in, in our episode that we did together was, uh, a moment in time where I looked at him and I said, I never want to play golf with you again. And, um, it threw him back. It devastated him. It wasn't at all his intentions. Um, and so I would say that I can't really think back to like what exactly my mindset was at that point, what my thoughts were. Uh, but obviously I made that statement for a reason because I was feeling a lot of pressure or I just wasn't having much fun when we were out there playing together. So I would say that because of my reaction there, I would assume that I had a lot of feelings of pressure. Um, and then I would say that once I decided to come back and, and we started playing golf again and having fun, I didn't feel as much pressure um, until I got towards the end of high school and started trying to figure out what I was going to do for college at that point, it wasn't pressure that my dad was putting on me. I think it was more just self-induced um, where I was just kind of thinking in my head, like, and, and just kind of give you like full broader scope of it. Like dad played golf at Ole Miss, grew up in a golfing family. My uncle was an all American at Marshall, played on the sunshine tour in South Africa um, like it was a big golf family. So, I mean, I think I just manifested some pressure, um, but it wasn't anything that he was putting on later in life, but, um, yeah, I certainly felt it. Um, uh, I don't know, but I kind of, I guess, faced that fear when I picked up the phone and called him in college and I was devastated. I wasn't devastated. I was uh, super nervous to make the phone call to him that I wasn't going to play golf, that I decided I was going to quit. And, um, but his reaction wasn't much of one. It was like, okay, like I'm going to support whatever decision you think is right for you. You're, you know, you heard him talk about it in the episode. You're, you know, a young man at this point and you have the ability to make your own decisions. Um, and I think he genuinely felt that way because we talked about it. And so I think that answers your question. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that gives some people a little bit of insight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it really does. And, just kind of the whole basis of our podcast right here is just being supportive, you know, and letting whatever comes, let it happen and don't force anything. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, man, I got to get out and see you in Dallas and, or we need to figure something out in Florida. Oh, before I forget, um, I just want to congratulate you again because uh, Knox and his wife are expecting, hopefully I can say this, yep. um, go for it, <laughs> in, in public, <laughs> uh, are expecting twins. And I think that's so awesome for you. So I know your, your travel is going to be limited. So I may have to buck up and, and jump on a plane out to Texas. But uh, I'd love to hook up with you again, man. I don't think we've seen each other for probably at least five years. Uh, I think the last time I saw you was in Charlotte uh, when we were up there for a wedding. So uh, love to play some golf with you again and, uh, and get back out there. And I just want to congratulate you and Caroline again on, uh, on your twins. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me on. I think this is absolutely wonderful what you're doing and hopefully it's impactful and um, that juniors just continue to have fun with the game and really grow it. Cause that's what it's all about. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate the time and uh, you jumping on with me for a little while. Not a problem. We'll have a good rest of your week and uh, we'll talk soon. Bye, brother. Sounds good. All right. See you, man. Thanks. Well, guys, that wraps up episode 21 of Junior Golf Keys. I really appreciate you guys joining us for this episode. Uh, like I said before we got started, I had a lot of fun chatting with Knox. Uh, Knox, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you getting on here and uh, just sharing some memories. A lot of fun. Um, appreciate you getting on and you know sharing some of your stories and advice for this group. Um, I know that people are going to take away some value from this episode. And um, if you take away any value from this episode... 
like I always ask, um, please leave a review, jump on, share the episode if you like it. Um, let us know what you think about some of the other episodes. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, got a really exciting guest next week as well. I know I say that a lot, but um, I really do try to find people that are you know, exciting for this show, exciting to put in front of you. And I've got a curveball that I'm going to throw at you next week. It's not going to be somebody that you would expect or somebody that even works in the golf industry, um, but he's definitely going to bring some fire and he's going to bring some value to this group. So you're not going to want to miss it. Um, I really appreciate you guys joining and tuning in this week. And I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.